Welcome. Thank you for joining us for this latest online sermon. So glad you're here. Um, we're praying that God will work powerfully through this ministry. And if he has, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at impactatamazinglove at gmail.com. That's impactatamazinglove at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support this ministry and make sermons like this possible every week, please feel free to give online. There's a giving tab on our website. But now may God bless you through the preaching of his word. Thank you again for being here. Good to see you. Maybe you'd agree with me that there is an appropriate time and appropriate place for certain activities. I try to teach children this, and maybe you've tried as well. There's an appropriate time for children to speak and an appropriate time for them not to speak. At the dinner table, maybe you can speak. In the classroom, not to speak. Uh, when I ask you a question, answer me, speak. But when I want you to be quiet, please don't speak. There's an appropriate time and place for other things that children do. Certain things should only take place in the bathroom. Other things can take place in the kitchen, other place in the family room. But uh, we try to teach a time and a place. This is also true for loud noises. There's an appropriate time and place to play the cymbals or blow an air horn. Um, but blowing, cymbal or, uh, blowing an air horn and playing cymbals, maybe not at 2 a.m. at night in my house, right? Appropriate time and place. Well, I had a video to uh, help us consider appropriate times and places for things I wanted to share with you, and you can let me know whether this is the appropriate time and place real, real quickly. dance, but I'm just saying maybe there's an appropriate time and place, and I'm not sure a market is it. Uh, maybe it's at your home, maybe it's at a club. I'm not sure, but uh, it's kind of funny when those things take place. I bring this up to talk about praise. Sometimes it's my experience that I want to praise God, but I don't always have the appropriate time and place. For example, sometimes I'll walk around trying to share Jesus with someone, and it seems like this was the wrong place and the wrong time. Sometimes people give me those looks, almost like that guy dancing in the market, you know, like, what in the world are you doing, right? And that's why I love the church. Because I don't know about you, it's good to get together with you. It's good that this is the appropriate time and place to confess who Jesus is and what he's done, and here it's met with praise together. 
Here I see head nods. Here I hear how, you're, how he's working in your life, and I just think it's better. It gets better in the place the church. Praise is always better together. I consider a passage from Hebrews that says, let's not give up meeting together, but let's continue to meet to encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is good to praise in this place. I'll give you another example. Uh, so often I, I practice the sermon before I preach to you, and it's usually by myself. And uh, seminary, I had a buddy who set up stuffed animals, so he was like converting the stuffed animals. And, and I, I wanted to relay an experience that I have with you that when, when we preach to stuffed animals or to an empty room, it doesn't go so well. It really doesn't. And it's really not that fun either. Um, like, I don't want to do it, but anyway, uh, when, when you guys are here, though, and I can hear and I can see and we can praise God together, when there's a response, man, that is completely different. It is so good together, to get together to have a place to praise Jesus. Because when it comes to our life of praise, I think there are the draining experiences and the filling up experiences. To talk about this, have you ever um, had someone just emotionally drain you? Do you know what emotionally, being emotionally drained is? Uh, maybe it was a child who threw a temper tantrum, right? Um, and it was the last straw and you were already tired for the day and you don't even know how to reboot because it just did too much, right? Um, maybe it was someone you encountered who just, you know, totally threw off your day and it was midday but you were done. This happens in our spiritual life. We, as we get emotionally drained, also get spiritually drained. As you give, as you pour into other people, as you try to praise God, as you live out his directives, and it's met with maybe a death look, it's met with maybe awkwardness, it's met with adversity, it is a draining experience. And that's most of our week. When we walk out of this place, we're going to drain what we gained. And that's why we need to fill up here. If you look at it in the terminology of cars, which is always better to do, cars are great, um, this is the gas station, my friends. See, what we learn is that the church is the place to fill up on praise. And when we go from here, that is where we can drain the fuel, use the fuel, but then we need to come back because here together we fill up on who God is. And, and maybe you've had that experience. Have you ever been so tired? Have you ever been in such a funk and then you came to church and it helped you? And it lifted you. And you felt this filling experience. This is the place for praise, isn't it? So that's what I want to consider with you. And uh, we get to dive into a praise psalm, uh, Psalm 145, written by David. And it's just a fantastic psalm of praise. Uh, I don't have enough time to cover all the reasons David praises, but we're going to pick apart a few reasons that David praised God today and see if we can praise him for the same. So I invite you to, to turn with me to Psalm 145. We're going to read all of it and then discuss. It says, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. <laughs> that verse struck me. I don't have a chance to preach on it, but like the everyday part, like I'm more like a someday praiser. I don't know about you. Like I can praise you every now and then, but the everyday, all the time, David says he's worthy all the time. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. 
That verse is found all throughout the Old Testament. When God appeared to Moses, it was a theme for who God was. That he's gracious, slow to anger, compassionate, comes up all the time. It goes on, the Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. You, your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and they speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all his promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all those who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. And so, dear friends, we have a smattering of reasons for praise. So many to consider. We'll pick apart just a few. I am an unashamed Cubs fan, and I say unashamed because they're winning now. And I had a chance this past Monday to go to a Cubs game. And uh, here was my view from uh, Wrigley. It was beautiful. Um, and it was a great experience. Uh, they were playing the Brewers, so they won. Thank you, Brewers. Love teams that aren't very good. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was kind of fun to be at a game. Wrigley is one of my favorite places to be in the Chicago area. That's just me. Uh, but while I was there, I want to tell you what I encountered. I encountered the hecklers of the bleachers. You guys ever uh, know what, encounter the hecklers, know what they do? And uh, while I was trying to enjoy my game, and, and to me, baseball is like fishing. You're just kind of clocking out and, you know, not, you know, just taking it easy. The hecklers were so loud, they were in my head. And the hecklers, they would yell to the opposing team's left fielder, and they would just chant his last name. And they would say information, you know, about how much he gets paid. And they say, you know, when you come back, I'm going to be armed with Google. And they do all this kind of stuff. And, and um, man, it was not only in that guy's head, but it was in mine, too. And what I found is this principle. That the loudest voice wins. Doesn't it? The person with the loudest voice and talks the most, you're going to hear whether you want to or not. I didn't want to hear this gentleman. I just wanted to enjoy the game. But because of his voice, I heard it often. I wanted to leave. And it's funny, the loudest voice actually influenced others. To the point where little children were, were chanting the, the name of the opposing player. Just chanting, you know, so it's, that's, that's the thing. I bring that up because we have a voice. An introvert or extrovert, I wanted to ask you the question, what do you use your loudest voice for? See, if the loudest voice wins, if we have the ability to influence others, which we do, what is the loudest voice in your life? And if someone would tape record your conversations, if someone would hear what you're always saying, what would they hear come from your mouth? Be about the kids? About your job? Be about school or sports? What I want to talk about is taking that loudest voice and applying it to our God. You see, we were made to give loud praise to something. It's in our DNA. We're going to be worshipers. We're going to be praisers. The question is not, are you a worshiper? The question is, what are you going to worship and praise? In fact, look at this uh, verse from Romans. 
says they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. They worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. So what are the options for worshiping? There are really only two. You can either worship the Creator, the God who made everything, or you can worship the created things that actually came from His hand. And you need to be real with that temptation. You need to ask yourself, is this going on in my life? Am I tempted to worship the created things over the one who gave those created things to me? And some place, sometimes we misplace our priorities. Sometimes we misplace our praise. It kind of be like this. Let's say mom is making a meal for us. And uh, my mom would make uh, paprika stew. Love paprika stew. It's great. Beef and noodles and gravy and great. And, and let's say she makes this beautiful paprika stew. And I turn to the stew and I say, Stew, you are so wonderful. Man, Stew, where have you been all my life? Stew, you are fantastic and awesome. Just amazing, Stew. And if my mom were to hear that, how would she feel? What am I? I made the stew. Come on. You should not be praising the stew. You should be praising me. I gave you the stew, right? And so I, I should say, Mom, you're amazing. What would I do without you? You're, you're awesome. You made the paprika school. This is cool, right? Um, and I bring this up because we have the same temptation, though. Maybe we don't consider it. We praise the created things, like a car or a house, rather than the creator who gave them those things. We praise our kids. But where did kids come from? God is the answer. We praise our jobs. We praise talents and abilities. We praise all these things that were created for us, but given by a creator. You ever attempted to praise the wrong thing? And I'm struck by this, my friends. I'm struck by this because I know my purpose here on earth. I have one purpose here on earth, and it is to praise the creator. The creature should always live in praise of the creator. And how often don't I just as a creature praise other created things? This is your reality too. This is what we want to wake up and see as a lie and as a sin. This is what we want to say. This should not be. The Creator is deserving of the highest praise over anything that He has created. And the amazing thing is that the Creator doesn't give up on His creatures. <laughs> I love that. Rather, He's so gracious with us. He gives us opportunity, new mercies every morning to praise Him and praise Him and praise Him. And so let's just talk about what we might find as reasons to praise and avenues for that praise. Let's, let's consider once again, if we're going to be worshipers, how to worship right and how to praise our God. So I wanted to draw out just a few things from our lesson. There are like 152 different reasons to praise God here. I just want to draw on three, okay? And uh, so, so drawing on three... Um, I wanted to get into one by talking about uh, real estate. Uh, does anyone a uh, fan of HGTV? It's all right. It's all right. And, uh, and maybe if you're a fan of real estate, have you ever like looked at, at someone's house or foyer or whatever, black splash, and like, wow, that is awesome. You ever, you ever just been taken away by, by the splendor of someone's house, right? It's pretty cool. I, I was reading a news article where I was kind of had the same emotion. It was about a house in Hinsdale. And uh, maybe you heard this too, but there was this house that had a Batman pool. Like, where's that been all my life? Why aren't we doing that more often? Come on, you know? Um, and so you think of just how cool a Batman pool was. Unfortunately, they're selling that and demolishing. But anyway, um, and, and, and this last week, I had a chance to go downtown. I'm a downtown fanatic. I love it. And, and I, was, I was up on a high rise, and there was uh, Florida with the ceiling windows. You know what I'm talking about? And you could see Soldier Field and the lake and the lights. And like, man, this is a great city. I like this. 
You and I know what splendor is, don't we? You and I need to meditate on then that the splendor of the kingdom we belong to forever outweighs this splendor by far. I don't know how often you think about that, but the splendor of the place we live forever far outweighs any Chicago skyline and far outweighs any Batman pool. It is great, and this is what we're invited into. I consider Revelation. How many times have we read Revelation? And look at the picture of what we're invited to. I love this. It's shown, and this is the city of God. It's shown with the glory of God. Its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like jasper, clear as crystal. The 12 gates were 12 pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of gold and as pure as transparent glass. And so I'm thinking, street of gold, Batman pool, street of gold, Batman pool, street of gold, Batman pool. Right? And I know it's a metaphor, it's revelation, but I believe that the, the God who, who created splendor on this earth, he has splendor for us for an eternity. And the reason we praise him is because by, by grace we've been invited into this. That, that I don't know the, the status of the awe of the splendor of your, your living situation right now, but I, I do know the status of your future living situation. It's pretty awesome, let me tell you. It's pretty glorious. It's pretty splendorous, if that's a word. It's awesome, my friends, and this is where we're going together. And if this is true, if that's my home and your home, it's reason for praise, isn't it? This came from... Uh, let me find the verse 5. Look at They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. In verse 12, so that all people may know your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures through all generations. Right now, we belong to that kingdom. Someday that kingdom will be visible. And that kingdom is a reason to rejoice and praise our king. But there's more. I want you to finish this phrase. When you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are, your blank comes true. Your dreams come true. And uh, I love it when a dream comes true. I love organizations like Make-A-Wish. Um, I had a seminary buddy who uh, sang with me in choir, and he had health complications as a young child, and he was able to get a wish granted from the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And it was pretty awesome hearing him tell the story. If, I, if memory serves me right, he went to a sporting event and met some of his favorite players, and, and think of just how awesome that is for a young kid. You go on Make-A-Wish Foundation, you can see there's kids who want to meet ballerinas, and sure enough, they do. There's a child who wants to have an army fort to play with at his playground, and sure enough, they build it. And isn't it great when desires come true? Well, ever before there was Make-A-Wish Foundation, ever before there was a Disney song that said, your dreams will come true, our God has been doing this since the beginning of time. Let's look again at this lesson. Um, draw your attention to uh, verse... Uh, let me find it. Verse 19, he fulfills the desires of those who fear him. And so I wanted to ask you, what's a dream that's come true for you? How much time do you give consideration? How much time do you give mental energy to his past faithfulness? 
As I recall things in my life, I hope you do the same. I remember when I was a young boy and someday I wanted to be married. Guess what? I'm married. I remember as a young boy, one day I wanted to be a pastor. That's all I wanted to do, and guess what? I'm a pastor. Most recently, our family wanted a cat. We got a cat. Now I don't want a cat. <laughs> We're going to keep the cat. Can you look back at your life? Just remember something that you wanted that was given. Can you play the exercise that I just played in my life and say, man, there was a time when I did need something and he gave it. Sometimes just a simple thing like a meal and he gave me a great meal. I needed more money, I got more money. I needed strength and energy, he gave me strength and energy. I needed health and healing, he gave me health and healing. Why don't we remember these things, my friends? This is the place to praise him for those things. This is the place to recall all the times he's been faithful in spite of our faithfulness or unfaithfulness. This is our God who deserves all praise. And so if he's made a dream come true for you, I want to ask, if he fulfills dreams, what should we do? I was inspired by the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, you know what happened when God did a powerful and a great thing? They'd build an altar, and they'd have a sacrifice. An altar was built after the flood, and Noah saw the rainbow, and he gave a sacrifice. An altar was built by Isaac when the Lord appeared to Isaac. An altar was built by Moses when they defeated the Amalekites. An altar was built, and they would look at that altar and be like, I remember your faithfulness after the flood. I remember when you defeated that army. I remember when you appeared to me, God. And how can we freshen up that practice? Now, we don't need to build altars. I'm not sure how feasible that is in your home or in the church. We don't have space for altars. But what is an altar that you could do? Could we perhaps make a photo book, a shutterfly? I don't know, of like, this is the dream I wanted, and here was the result. Could this be our prayer life? That if we prayed so vigorously for the dream to happen, that when it happened, we prayed just as vigorously in thanking our God. Maybe it's just returning a sacrificial gift. When they burnt up, uh, you know, animals, that was basically like burning up their income. Maybe it is good to continue to praise God like that woman did with the expensive perfume and bring our best to him gets his anyways. Maybe it's the praise of your life. You're going to use your talents, your abilities, your time just to give him glory and praise because he is worthy. Lord, he is worthy and I commend you to do just that. This is our opportunity to respond to the fulfiller of dreams. There's more. Uh, for the next one, I want to talk a little bit about a comic book that I read. Uh, in this comic book, it was Marvel's Secret Wars. And I like the Secret Wars because all the Marvel guys went to a different galaxy and they fought, and then they got this suit that later came to Venom suit. But anyway, um, in the Secret Wars, this uh, situation came up where Hulk was under a mountain. The Hulk was under a mountain and uh, had to protect everyone else. I'm not sure how that happened, but uh, this was the scenario. He had to protect everyone by holding up a mountain, that is the Hulk. And let me ask you, do you think the Hulk saved the day? Or do you think he was crushed? It's a happy ending, isn't it? I love heroes. I love hero stories. He is not crushed by the mountain. He, he, he gets it off and he saves the day. And I love the fact that the Hulk was not crushed. I wanted to ask you, 
You ever feel like that guy? I want to ask you, what, what's your mountain? What's your mountain today? Because this is what I know. I know it's there. Oh, I got the kids over here. I got the mortgage right there. I got my, you know, job right there. I got sports. I'm dying. Right? This is our experience. At one point or another, it's like a mountain's on my back. What's going on? But I'm here to tell you that just as the Hulk was not crushed, you don't have to be either. In fact, maybe you've even experienced that. And I know we get by it so quickly because it was a week gone by. So who remembers the week gone by? But have you considered all the times where he's bailed you out? Have you considered all the times the mountain was on your back and you didn't know how to make a way and a way was made? This is our God. This is our God. Look at verse, verse 14. It says, the Lord upholds all who fall. What I like better is it was the Lord sustains. He sustains. You see, you can have this experience where you feel crushed, where you feel weighted upon, where it feels like no way out, and the Lord sustains you, my friends. Um, maybe you've had this experience where he let you tap into his strength. Maybe you've had this experience where he made the way out. This is what our God does over and over, time and time again, and it's reason for praise. So what's your reason for praise today? I just touched on three. Are you going to praise him for the kingdom you belong to? The skyline you're going to see in heaven someday? Are you going to praise him that he got you out of the mountain? Or are you going to praise him that he fulfilled your dreams? I could go on. I could, I could praise him for his compassion. That when we're hurting, he cares. I can praise him for his provision. That he does open his hand and satisfy our desires. And I don't have to worry about food on the table. He will provide, my friends. I can praise him for his love. This is the ultimate reason for praise. That he would give his son Jesus to die my death in order to call me son. In order to call you son. In order to call you daughter. He is worthy of praise. So that's your homework for today. Investigate your reason for praise. And then praise Him. Praise Him here at this place. Fill up. Praise Him out in the world. Praise Him all your life. He's worthy, my friends. Let me close with prayer. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, let me redirect my highest voice in praise of you. Give me eyes to see your greatness in the ways you have richly blessed me. Help me understand these good things have come from your hand. Let my whole life erupt in praise of you so that many more might join in the splendor of your kingdom. Pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.